This podcast is brought to you in part by Hallow, the number one Catholic prayer and meditation app. Build a habit of prayerful discernment both in this election season and in everyday life. For a 30-day free trial, head to hallow.com slash votingcatholic. This episode of Voting Catholic was made possible by the generous support of Mr. and Mrs. Philip and Madeline Lacovara. Welcome back to Voting Catholic. In this series, we've listened to the voices of Catholics who live and study and struggle through the most pressing issues ahead of the 2020 election. We've heard the stories of people like Jose Arnulfo Cabrera. My mom knew that there was no life, there was no future for me in Mexico. So at the age of four, we decided to come to the U.S. And people like Amy Murphy. It was in that moment when my own life was threatened that I realized that I couldn't take part in this ongoing cycle of violence and oppression. We've grappled with the complexity of climate change. It is an existential threat. It impacts every one of us. It impacts our environment for generations to come. And the truth about systemic racism. The creation and perpetuation of these systems are designed to benefit some and intentionally harm others. We've tried to look at each issue from an authentically Catholic perspective, a perspective that's broad and inclusive, but also rooted in concrete reality. And we've reflected on what those realities mean for the 50 million Catholics eligible and responsible for casting a vote on election day. Today, in this final episode before the 2020 election, We try, as best we can, to put all the pieces together. I'm speaking with Bishop Robert McElroy of San Diego. He's an expert in Catholic social teaching and political engagement, and the author of two books, The Search for an American Public Theology and Morality in American Foreign Policy. From America Media, I'm Sebastian Gomes, and this is Voting Catholic. Bishop, thank you very much for for joining us. Um, Our listeners may not know that you were actually uh, educated by the Jesuits. I was, many places, yeah. (laughs) And your studies have focused on the works of John Courtney Murray, a famous Jesuit theologian uh, of the last century, who was uh, really instrumental in shaping the modern Catholic approach to political engagement, um, including the the area of uh, religious liberty, which we all cherish today. Um, and I know that you've also written extensively yourself on, on how the Catholic Church should engage in politics. So we're really grateful to speak to you uh, on this podcast on Voting Catholic. Well, it's great to be here, and uh, it's great to be talking with the community of America. Uh, I've written many things over the years. It's the role of America in uh, educating the Catholic community and the wider society has just been enormous and uh, in its history. And, Murray was an editor of America Magazine many years ago, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Now, I want to start our conversation um, with the issue, the difficult issue uh, of abortion and how to understand it. Um, And just bear with me uh, as I contextualize the question for our listeners. Um, You know, for many reasons, uh, people's minds go to the issue of abortion when they think about Catholics and voting. Um, and, and one reason is that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, of which you're a part, um, has stated that abortion is the preeminent social and political issue for American Catholics today. And uh, this is articulated in the bishop's pastoral letter called Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. 
And uh, I think that document was published originally in, in 2007, but it's been reissued over the years since to help Catholics, particularly during election years. And we will get to that document, but I want to start with a meeting that took place among the bishops last November in, in 2019. You have before you the group one amendments to action item number seven. Forming consciences for faithful citizenship. In that meeting, a new introductory letter to faithful citizenship was, was presented to the bishops for their approval. And, and in that letter, uh, a number of the most critical issues facing this country were mentioned, including immigration, um, xenophobia, racism, and uh, care for creation, to name some. Um, but the letter also included the following statement, and I'm quoting here, that the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself. And in the discussion that ensued, you got up and made a very pointed appeal for the bishops to qualify that phrasing. All right, so anybody else have any comments on this? There's somebody has their hand. Bishop McElroy. What has been added to this letter that was not in the previous forms is a statement I believe is at least discordant with the Pope's teaching, if not inconsistent. At the top of the second page of the letter, it says, the threat of abortion remains so our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself. This is the most important focal point of this letter, and it was just added today, and it totally changes the nature of the letter because it, it will allow people to use it to say, this does overcome all the other issues. It is not Catholic teaching that abortion is the preeminent issue that we face as a world in Catholic social teaching. It is not. Can you take us back to that moment and tell us what your concern was and is about that language of preeminence around abortion? In my own view, uh, abortion is a preeminent issue for Catholics, one of several. My concern was that when you say abortion is the preeminent issue we face as a nation, that you're setting up an election choice. Uh, and the, the church's teaching is that in evaluating candidates and deciding how they, uh, who you should choose, it has to do to certain qualities about the candidates, but it also has to do with their positions on a series of key issues in Catholic moral teaching. And the, 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 the concept that brings them all together is called the common good. The common good is, in Catholic theology, the advancement of the whole series of issues in society which allow the fullest expression and enhancement and achievement of human life and dignity for all people in our society and in the world. To say that abortion is the preeminent uh, issue in a particular political season is to reduce the common good in effect to one issue. And that's a distortion of Catholic teaching. In fact, uh, the, the assertion that uh, abortion is the, the preeminent issue in this political 
campaign for Catholics uh, is, is itself a political statement, not a doctrinal one. And so uh, my objection was, it is not the role of the bishops to make that political determination. It is the conscience of believers who must weigh all these issues together. The role of the bishops is to inform conscience. It is to point uh, with coherence and depth and uh, breadth to the issues that lie before us and help us understand their moral implications. That is the role of the bishops. That's the role of faithful citizenship, I think. And faithful citizenship says that. But I believe the insertion of that one statement that it is the preeminent issue is not advancing that sense of the common good, but rather is short-circuiting uh, the decision-making of faithful Catholics as citizens and believers in their conscience. So that's why I opposed it. It strikes me, though, that um, that, that statement is still present, yeah. and uh, sometimes it could be very confusing. It's hard to conclude that the bishops would expect something different, right, if you came across that. So I'm wondering, you know, for our listeners, what the best way past that is, or the best approach to the fact that— I'd this- say the best way past that is to read the whole document, all right? Because when you read the document, it speaks of this broader notion of the common good. It points to all these different issues that, that, that our society uh, is divided on, and that we have to come to some uh, common sense way of moving forward on that's rooted in, in our, our faith and our moral values and in our identity as a nation. And, and when you look through the document as a whole, you see all of these issues are addressed. And, and the document as a whole says, says to Catholics, ponder these issues. Look at climate change, which threatens to end the whole of humanity. Look at, look at the divisions we have in our nation now in terms of race and class, uh, you know, the undocumented, all these divisions which are crippling us as a country and preventing us from being the nation we were founded to be. So faithful citizenship points to all of that, those, all those wide issues. So if someone reads through that with an open heart and wrestles with God, then that's a great thing. That's a great thing. But don't pick one sentence out. I'm wondering what you make of the statements of Pope Francis and, and you know, during his pontificate. He's uh, issued a number of statements as part of his official magisterial teaching, as well as, you know, comments on current events that are happening in the United States. Like, for example, when George Floyd was killed, he, um, he issued a statement that said, you know, we cannot tolerate or turn a blind eye to racism and exclusion in any form and yet claim to defend the sacredness of every human life. Um, and the church is called to form consciences, not replace them. Um, even one that was debated, you know, on the floor during the bishops' meeting that I referred to last year, um, the statement of Francis that, um, you know, equally sacred to the lives of the unborn um, are the migrant and the excluded and people on the margins and all those who suffer. So I'm wondering how a Catholic should engage with those statements from Pope Francis, as well as the statements that they hear from their bishops and read about here in the United States? I think Pope Francis is pointing to us uh, that broader notion of the common good, that all of those elements need to be taken into account, and that it's a mistake to reduce Catholic moral teaching to one issue. That is not faithful to our tradition. It is a mistake. You know, there was a um, 
an interesting analogy that came out uh, oh, 30 years ago in these discussions. It's been around and is revisited, uh, arguing that abortion is the primary moral issue. And the, the analogy is uh, because the issue of life is foundational. It, it is the foundation of the house of the common good. The common good's built on top of it, but the foundation is uh, uh, life. And thus, you know, the, the, among the issues of life, the defense of the unborn being so important. And because they're so innocent, because they can't protect themselves in any way. That's correct. But I would say to you to this, while the foundation of the house is the uh, is life and thus, uh, you know, the defense of the unborn through legal sanctions, um, the house itself and the foundation rest on the earth. And the earth is at stake in climate change and in the, the care for creation. And so the whole, you don't have a house and you don't have a foundation if you don't have the earth. If you don't attend to the coming uh, catastrophes we are beginning to witness now in the, in the winds and the, and the fires and the hurricanes uh, that are preludes and, and that are what the modeling have to, have, have, has told us will be coming. And so uh, we need to be attentive to a comprehensive understanding of our, what our faith teaches us and what Catholic social teaching teaches us. It's, it's a bad thing to reduce that to any one issues or any, any one issue or any small set of issues. It strikes me as you're speaking that the politicization of particular issues is a big issue here. That, you know, um, for example, the Republican Party um, has sort of laid claim to the pro-life position and says, look, if you are anti-abortion, which Catholics are, this is a moral, a moral teaching, um, you sort of default have to be a Republican or have to at least vote Republican. I mean, that's certainly not the only issue that's politicized because climate change would be another one, for example. But I'm wondering if you could comment on that, on the, on the politicization of issues and how Catholics can, can wade through that. The tragedy for Catholic voters who are believers and take their faith seriously is that at the present time, the partisan structure of American politics absolutely bifurcates Catholic teaching. And there are certain issues where, in general, Republicans far better represent uh, the teaching of the church, abortion being one, euthanasia, uh, many issues of religious liberty. And then there's uh, certain issues where the Democratic Party, in general, and Democratic politicians do, uh, you know, climate change, uh, issues of poverty and racism and so forth. So the problem that voters face is they are literally, the believer is literally homeless in the party structure of the United States. There is no uh, partisan platform that even begins to approximate what Catholic teaching is. And thus, voters have to use their conscience to try to discern which candidate for any office is likely to advance the common good in the most uh, compelling ways. Part of this um, politicization of the issues has um, has led to hyperpolarization, as you're referring to, um, and what we've seen in this election cycle um, is 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 quite disturbing. That Catholics, including some priests and bishops, you know, will turn to social media and say, 
you know, you're not a real Catholic if you vote for X, you know, or you can't really be Catholic and Democrat, or you can't really be Catholic and vote for Trump or whatever it is. I'm wondering what you make of those statements of Catholics to or towards fellow Catholics around political issues. I think any statement that uh, because as a political official, your, uh, your stance on a particular issue is not what the church teaches, then you are not a Catholic, is a terrible assault on our faith. Catholic faith and identity are not reducible to one's political stances. They're not. Catholic faith is believing in God, having a relationship with God, understanding the life of the church, loving the church, walking in the pilgrimage of life of faith on this earth. That's what Catholic faith is. And the, the social teaching of the church and implementing that is an important facet of that. But for people to say that because on a particular political issue, you diverge from what the church teaches, you are not a Catholic anymore, really is a reductionism that reduces our faith uh, to, to simply a political creed. And the problem with, with such statements, I think, are that they are part of the political tribalism that our country has fallen into. They're reflective of that. Uh, people have allowed partisan identity to become a code word for worldview, to, to, that, that, that it, it sums one up to know their political uh, stance idea. That makes our political life as a nation very difficult. And it certainly is a repudiation of Catholic faith. We don't reduce people to their political stances in Catholicism. Do you have advice for Catholics in that regard? Because I, I think you're right. I mean, this podcast, we've surveyed, you know, the history of the Catholic vote, and we've seen it move from, you know, a type of block vote in the 1960s, for example, when we voted for Kennedy to this uh, divided right down the middle, more aligned with political party type of vote than a single body, a single community who believes the same thing and brings that perspective to their civil engagement. Um, so, you know, what advice do you have for overcoming that? I would say that the role of the citizen as believer is to wrestle with these difficult realities that issues fall on both sides of the partisan spectrum, issues crucial in our life of faith and the teaching of the church. And thus, when we come to the conclusion of we're gonna, who we're going to vote for, there's always an area of regret on that. Because we know that any of the major candidates falls short in substantial areas from our teaching. We don't do so with a sense of triumphalism, therefore, that we want to stomp on the other side. And that's, it's hard not to do because we let our politics become uh, viscerally like a game, right? like, like a sports. You know, we have teams and we move. But that's not the Catholic method of discerning voting and of, of citizenship. Bishop, we hear a lot about the importance of being um, well-informed um, and also properly forming your conscience. Can you just give us a, a simple explanation of what that means and what that looks like? I think, first of all, uh, for a Catholic and a believer, it means looking at the, 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 the teacher of the church on given questions and wrestling with them and, and uh, trying to come uh, to internalize the virtues which lie behind them. What is it we're trying to build a society of, you know, of compassion and of justice and care for the, those who are marginalized and of safety? And so um, 
conscience says in the, in the recesses of our heart, we hear a voice with God. We have a conversation with God that tells us, leads us in the right direction at our core. And that if we truly are doing that, if we set aside these tribalisms and set aside self-interest and really look to say, what is the common good? That is the well-being of everyone in, in the various dimensions of their lives and as our society as a whole. What advances that? And if we strive to do that, then we have followed our conscience and we must, we must vote on that that way. And God calls us to that. And it sounds like, you know, forming your conscience is not about um, coming to some conclusion once and for all, and then we just close the book on it, that it's something that is ongoing and complicated and is a struggle and, and you know, and something that needs to be revisited. Uh, is that correct? Yes, particularly because when you're voting for a candidate, you have to take into account their positions, but you also have to take into account their, their character, their leadership, their competence, and ask yourself, in this particular moment, who's going to be better at achieving the common good? So it's always temporary, as you've mentioned. Your, your judgment is temporary because it's at this given moment, what does our society most need attention to? Another question on conscience, I just want to clarify this. Is it accurate to say as well that an individual's conscience is the most authoritative voice that, that we have to turn to, that we have to reflect on? Um, help me understand that, that, that the church teaches us to guide us, but my own conscience is the most authoritative voice. Is that right? Well, let me just say this. In the life of the church, in the formal teaching of the church, there are various levels of authority, okay? But as a matter of fact, Catholic teaching is always that. When I was saying in, the, in your core of your heart, when you are just there with God, after you've listened to the teaching of the church, after you've listened to other issues and treatments of this, and you sit down and you pray and, and ask, you know, what is God calling you to do? If you're doing that authentically, then, then that your highest authority is conscience. And in Catholic teaching, you can not only can you follow your conscience, you must. It is sinful not to follow a well-formed conscience. I, I would say one thing that's important to keep in mind on conscience. The great enemy of conscience is rationalization. Um, we often convince ourselves that the thing God is calling us to do, and that's the right thing to do, is, is that which best serves our interests or our desires, okay? We rationalize, and that's really true in the political realm. But if we've wrestled with rationalization and come in true conscience to a decision, this one's better to vote for, that one's better to vote for, that our moral imperative in Catholic teaching is to vote for that person. One final question for you, Bishop. Um, you're a citizen too, um, and I won't I won't ask you to endorse a candidate or to to reveal how you're voting. Um, but how do you, as a as a Catholic and a citizen, approach your responsibility to cast a vote on election day? You know, in the same way I just described you in in many ways. You know, the problem I have is I have all this Catholic social teaching in my head. You know, so so it gets very complex for me on certain levels. But in the end, it comes down to the same process it does for anybody else who's a believer, who's trying to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into account, teachings of the church into account, the situation we face in our, in our nation, in our state, in our world into account, and say, okay, at this given moment, 
which of these two is best. And, and so you have to do that. But when I do so, and when I vote, no matter how clear it is to me, I should vote for this person or for that person. There is a sadness to me at what's not there in them as much as what is there in them because of, because of our politics at the present moment. Bishop McElroy, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. Take care. And thank you all for listening to the podcast. A quick note to let you know that we've linked to the U.S. Bishop's document, Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship, in the show notes. Be sure to read it, study it, and pray over it. And for complete coverage of the 2020 election from America Media, visit americamagazine.org. There are so many voting issues to consider. Obviously, we didn't get to all of them in this podcast. But just like casting a vote, these episodes are not the end. And we want to know what you think the most important issues are. So please leave us a review or email us at audio at americamedia.org. Tell us if there's a voting issue you want us to explore. Again, that's audio at americamedia.org. American Media is committed to producing content that challenges you to think in new ways and draw closer to the realities of people, especially those on the margins. So if you enjoyed listening to Voting Catholic, please, please support us. It took an enormous amount of resources to produce this series of time and research and emails and follow-up emails and setting up microphones and sound design and editing and all of that. Honestly, we couldn't do this work, this ministry, without your support. So thank you to everyone who gives to America. It's very simple. Just go to americamagazine.org slash donate. That's americamagazine.org slash donate. Or get a subscription to our award-winning magazine. Voting Catholic is a production of America Media, a Jesuit ministry. This episode was written and produced by me and Maggie Van Dorn. Sound design and mixing by Ashley Spillane. With production assistance from Kevin Robles and Erica Rasmussen. Art by Sean Tripoli and Allison Hamilton. It was recorded at a safe distance in the William J. Loeschert studio at America Media in New York City. Voting Catholic was made possible by the generous support of Beth and Tom Rainey. I'm your host and executive producer, Sebastian Gomes. Thanks for listening. One last thing. Vote. This podcast is brought to you in part by Hallow, the number one Catholic prayer and meditation app. Build a habit of prayerful discernment both in this election season and in everyday life. For a 30-day free trial, head to hallow.com slash votingcatholic.